Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and you'll notice there's no triangle, there's no tricycle. It's a bicycle. It's just myself and Brian Anthony Davis as Dave Schofield is on location. He's not joining us. Brian, what's going on? It's a tandem bike. I guess I'm in the sidecar. The sidecar. <laughs> that always reminds me of Bill Hillgrove. You know that this is a, this is a <laughs> yeah, quick yeah. side story. So my mom was over and she came over to just help around the house this past weekend. And she was, we were talking about play by play. And I said how hockey would have to be the most difficult sport to call play by play. The puck just moves so quickly and it changes hands so often. And, and we talked about how great Mike Lang was. And we talked about Bob Prince and, you know, Lanny for Terry of the, of the pirates and Kevin and um, Greg Brown now. And I said, she goes, Bill Hillgrove's the worst. And I said, well, he does make a lot of mistakes now. I said, but in his younger years, he was really good. And I remember listening to games and he was so good at painting the picture before the snap. Now, after the snap is when Hillgrove got a little crazy. That's when things got a little dicey. But before, when you said sidecar, automatically I think of, and the Steelers, third and seven. Ben's in the shotgun. Well, there's a rumor. <laughs> that, I love that, by the way. Yeah. There's a rumor that Tunch would get all crazy because Bill and Myron would engage in spirits. So it was the first half was <laughs> a lot more stable than the second half. <laughs> and, why am I not shocked? <laughs> and I, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but hey, it's... Uh, I lived it. I saw it. So I had a fraternity brother, and I don't know if you know this, but UPJ, University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, used to host pit football. And I guess Bill would go stay down there and cover the team. So he would be at, they would have him in a suite or whatever, uh, in one of the townhouses that were on campus because everything was on campus. And my buddy who worked for, uh, he worked for, uh, the housing department and everything. And, and he was working in the summertime and his job was to make sure that bill was okay every day. And it was a, uh, a trip to the spirit shop every single day. Yeah. And we all know two years ago, the mishap with him and the grocery store yeah. and getting his prescription and then leaving <laughs> if you don't know just look, google it and you'll find out but um <laughs> but i no, love but bill. Just, he's a legend when you me. said sidecar all i could think about was you know Steelers face a third and nine roethlisberger's in the shotgun Najee harris sidecar left they got three wide receivers he just was so good at painting the picture for the people that were just listening and it was so good and like i said my, to my mother like they all offset each other so you had Bill and Myron who were just kind of all over the place and Tunch was the one that kept it together. And then later on, you know, Tunch was more of a intricate part of the process. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. So um, good stuff to start. Hey, I have a quick question for you. Uh, you know, this, the, I'm sure you heard that the National Football League lifted all their COVID-19 protocols as of Thursday. Do you think this means the Steelers will be headed back to St. Vincent College in Latrobe? I would think so because it means so much to the organization and we've had these conversations where it doesn't mean as much to the players, but the players don't really have a say in that. So I would probably uh, put my chip on St. Vincent. You think so? Yeah. 
If they decide not to, I'm going to be really ticked off because Mike Tomlin used to always blow smoke, which he's great at. He is a wordsmith and he's great at, you know, pumping people's tires, but he would always say, oh, we love St. Vincent in the environment and the atmosphere and the team building. If now there's nothing standing in your way and you choose to stay in Pittsburgh, then what were you talking about? You were literally just lying to our faces. And this isn't about the beehive. This is about the team. And I think, do you think that it's, it's been missing? Like kind of that camaraderie? Yeah, I, I really think so. I mean, even with the fact when you had some guys at different parts in the season, some offensive linemen not going and picking up Ben Roethlisberger, you know, when he's on the ground or not completely having his back when he was hit late. I think, I think what happens in any kind of camp situation when you're living together like that for two, three weeks, you really come together because you don't have the distractions of home. So basically, when you look at it, when they're back in Pittsburgh, they've got wives, they've got an apartment, they've got everything going on. But when they're there at St. Vincent, that's who they've got. That's their family for that period of time. And I love, uh, one of my favorite books was uh, Snake by uh, Kenny Stabler. And them talking about how they would, they would sneak out. They would actually climb these athletes that make a lot of money are climbing out windows to break curfew and they're adults <laughs> and they're doing that. And the Steelers would do the same type of stuff, but that, and that kind of stuff goes a long way. And, and another thing to, to look at when you're sneaking out of a dorm room together, then what you're doing on the field, you have a special symmetry. You have yeah. that, that connection. And this is very important to, of course, the community. It's amazing what happens to that community when the Steelers are in town. And I don't know if you had a chance to look at the more you know this week, my my new mm -hmm. column. David Boreanaz, who is a big star. He's on the show SEAL team. He was the star of Bones. He was an angel. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was a ball boy when he was like age 14 to 16. And he went there and he got to hang out with the players and he got to meet all these girls as a 16 year old kid. Cause he'd tell them that he was a Steeler. <laughs> you know, I read so that. That was, I didn't know that he was, is he a Steeler fan or he just did that? He's it's funny on the show. He always had Steeler paraphernalia or, but he also had flyer stuff too. And he's supposed to be an Eagles fan. Cause he's from the Philly area. Okay. But I, I think, uh, I guess he was living in that area. I don't know how he got hooked on to St. Vincent, but it's interesting. Well, one of my former uh, lacrosse players actually went to St. Vincent College to play lacrosse for them. Uh, he was on scholarship and he stayed there in the summer and he would work camp when the Steelers were there. And he sent me pictures of one year. Um, I think one year, I forget who was the player was in the weight room when he was in there. And I'm like, you need to leave. Like you let that guy be like, get out of it. He would drive the golf carts and drive the players to and from the practice fields and the coaching staff. And that way he, he's a Ravens fan. He grew up in Maryland. So he doesn't even like the Steelers, but he always talked about how nice everyone was. They were really cool guys, but I hope they go back. Cause it's not just the team stuff 
on the field, picking up the quarterback, all that stuff. It's also the rookie standing up in the cafeteria and having to do like a song or something like that, or sing their uh, fight song from their college. It's the home run derby that they always had on the softball field. Those type of activities cannot be duplicated in my opinion. They just can't. You could try your best. You could go to PNC park and say, let's do the home run. It's not the same. It's not the same. Like you said, Uh, they're not away from home. So I hope, and I also hope for the fans' sake, because to me, there's a lot of folks that can't get to a game. They can't afford a ticket. But you know what they can't afford is a drive to Latrobe and go in for free and sit there and watch their favorite team practice and stand in line and maybe get an autograph or two. And I think it's important for them, too. So I think that's worth st- stating as well. So let's hope. Fingers crossed. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear something from the Steelers sooner rather than later. I'm hoping. The other news that came out on Thursday, uh, well, obviously the underwear Olympics is hot and heavy right now. And I'm talking about the NFL scouting combine at Lucas oil field in Indianapolis. Kind of strange Two 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 quarterbacks made some waves, made some news today for different reasons. The first is uh, the footage caught across the street from, of Malik Willis giving uh, a homeless person, some type of gear or something like that. Did you see that Brian? Yeah. I, I caught it. I uh, saw it when you all put it up on the Slack channel, and I'm like, this guy, this is what it's about. Yeah, I mean, it was legit. Like, he definitely looked like you know he had a bag full of stuff. He probably didn't need that stuff, so he gave some of that stuff to someone that looked like they were, um, I don't know if I want to say homeless, but a little uh, tough on their luck at the time. So it was a really cool gesture on his part. And then as, our only, as only our Andrew Wilbar could do, he follows it up with, Kenny Pickett has eight and a half inch hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cooth on this kid just doesn't exist. So um, Kenny Pickett has eight and a half inch hands, Brian. So um, I don't know. Like I, and on Twitter today, if you were following Steelers Twitter, it almost felt like, you know, that you hear on the wire, do, 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 do. Kenny Pickett has eight and, half, eight, eight and a half inch hands. What's that? Kenny Pickett has eight and a half inch hands. And it just like keeps going for one. What do you make of this news, uh, whether it's Willis or Pickett? That was the talking point for most of the day. Eight and a half inch hands, you say, see? <laughs> Eight and a half hands. I mean, wow. I, I tell you what. First of all, you mentioned Andrew Wilbar. I don't know anybody that knows prospects like this guy. And I tell you what, he teams up with Jeremy Betts on the draft fix. And we've got Matty Peverell. We've got a lot of guys that are, yeah. I mean, this is their religion this week. It you is. Know, the scouting combine. I mean, you could probably send you know, the naked women to the door with a pizza and they'll be like, Hey, busy watching the combine because the combine is, I mean, these guys I'm are watching so dudes busy. in their underwear. Get out of here. <laughs> and it has, and that has nothing to do with orientation. I'm not saying that. All not I'm saying is anything wrong with it. Yes, that, that's fine. <laughs> but a supermodel on a pizza with a pizza. I'm not watching a guy run a four, three, but the, these guys, they love it. I mean, Shannon White's another one of, of these guys. They're watching these combines and they're going crazy. But once again, eight and a half inch hands don't mean anything to me yeah. because what did I say last time? The smaller the hands, the bigger the sandwich. And <laughs> that's that's all it is. Because if Drew, I mean, not Drew Brees, Drew Brees was a small guy, but it didn't matter. He dropped, but it didn't matter. You saw what he did. Um, if Joe Burrow 
he was accused of the small hands two years ago, and that's something everybody was talking about. Always oh, going number one, but he's not going to do anything. Joe Burrow's a pretty special quarterback, and I don't think his hand size matters. He had nine inch hands. I think they said there's like uh, four quarterbacks currently in the NFL that had nine inch hands. Tannehill was one, Burrow was one. Trying to think of the other two, can't think of them off the top of my head, but. <laughs> I think I saw someone else. It might've been Ross Tucker uh, from, who played in the NFL. He's like a commentator now. And he said, man, you got to think like Kenny Pickett with these smaller hands, like he's not going to be able to play in a cold weather city like Pittsburgh. And he was obviously joking <laughs> because clearly he played the last five years at Pittsburgh and he threw over 80 touchdowns and didn't seem to have ball security issues. Um, so it, whatever to, you know, take it or leave it. But that was the news of the day coming from the combine. And I feel bad for Kenny Pickett because people seem to forget. He said that he has his hand structure is different. Like it, it's almost like he's double jointed his thumb and he can't really spread it out. And I, I heard this on um, Sirius XM on the way home. I'm not going to take credit for it. It was on NFL uh, network radio. And they said, what was your, what would your grade have been on Kenny Pickett prior to his hand measurement? Everyone probably would have given him an A. Why would it change? Because he has smaller hands. Like seriously, what's going to change? Nothing's going to change. So hopefully, because I, I feel for some of these kids with some of the scrutiny they get for something they can't control. Um, and so, yeah, Kenny Pickett, small hands, carnies smell like cabbage. I got to ask you a question. <laughs> Tyler W just put on here on the live chat. College ball is much smaller. Is that true? Or th I think it is smaller, but it's not that much smaller. I also think it's shaped a little differently. Um, you know, it, it's not uh, the NFL ball is, is, I don't know. It just seems like it's, I've held both. And yeah, a college ball is maybe a little bit smaller. And it is, it is worth noting. Kenny Pickett also wore a glove most times on his throwing hand. So that doesn't help if you care about that. A lot of people don't care if their quarterbacks wear gloves. Um, wasn't it Teddy Bridgewater always wore gloves? Teddy yeah, two I gloves. Think he did. I think I might have just made up that nickname, but it sounded right. So <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> it's Teddy Two Gloves, you see. Oh, Teddy Two Gloves. When I talk about the hands, I always think about how they measure horses. Don't they measure them by hands? <laughs> like, well, well, that horse there is 19 hands long. Okay, so <laughs> I'm from West Virginia. I can talk like that. All right. Um, let's talk about the combine a little bit more here, uh, Brian. You love the NFL draft. You can say where you were in the 1965 draft and who was picked by the Steelers in round 75. But <laughs> do you watch the combine? How do you handle that? I don't watch the combine. I At all? No. Wow. Okay. I, I'm watching stuff on Twitter. I'm watching highlights. And that's all I'm – and I'm paying attention to what's going on. Um, really, it's one of those things for me. I'd rather just see the stats afterwards because there we're talking about a, a matter of inches. You know, if you enjoy the, I think the people that are enjoying this would enjoy the Olympics for the same reason, you know, when they're jumping and they're doing all this stuff, I would rather watch them do the wonder lick, take the test. And I wish, I wish they would No, seriously, I think that'd be more entertaining televising that. And have them answer some of these because some of those questions are crazy. In fact, I think we should do that. You could download a Wonderlick. Can you? And really? I think everybody on BTSC should take the Wonderlick and I think, see who I think they what. should. We should definitely. That would be hysterical. And, and my goal would 
the only goal is to, to beat, beat Schofield. Schofield. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Dave is on vacation. And so I actually said this. It's on my Let's Ride for Friday. Dave did do two other shows this week. He did his Stat Geek. He did the Scobro show. He elected not to come on our show. But I, I created a drinking game, Brian. Have you listened to any of those shows yet? The Stat Geek or the Scobro show this week? Not this week, no. Okay, well, then you wouldn't be able to participate. So if you listen to one of those shows, what you do is every time Dave says he's on vacation, you have to drink. And <laughs> you would be dead within 15 minutes of the Scobro show. <laughs> he's enjoying that vacation. Well-deserved vacation, by the way. Well-deserved. anybody deserves one, it's that guy. I, w- I-, I would say that. All right. Oh my goodness. The yeah. So have you ever run the 40 yard dash, Brian? Yeah, at Three River Stadium. Back in the day. What was your well, time? They, uh, it was like wait, so what year was this? Three rivers, so it's two thousand or earlier. It was ninety seven. Okay. And ninety seven and ninety eight, they used to have it outside the games, and I was going a lot back then. And okay. you could run the forty. And I think I, I ran it in and I was I was under 200 pounds at the time. So I was, I was a lot more trim and I still, I've, I've never been a fast guy. I, I would probably say I, I ran a six, seven or something like that. There you go. Nice. I, it was a, no, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, well, that's good for some people. Yeah. I think I was wearing boots too, but I, I've always been an aggressive runner when I played softball. Uh, I always felt like I was Pete Rose out there. Just like, Knowing that I'll truck, knowing that I'm gonna just bang into you if I had to. Um, but someone, I, someone in the live chat look up what Daniel McCullers' 40 time was. I want to see if Brian <laughs> beat it <laughs> or Casey Hampton. I, yeah, either one. I mean, Casey Hampton's the only guy I can remember that ever failed the uh run test for Bill Cower, yeah, at the beginning of training camp every year. <laughs> they weren't gonna cut him though, <laughs> well, of course not. Of course, they won't. I, I think at that point, he didn't care. <laughs> So I don't think six, Bill did either. Six, seven. That's not, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Steel dog says it was 10, 10 seconds for Daniel McCullers or Casey Hampton. <laughs> one or the other. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Felicia predicted a 5.6 from you. So uh, that's what, that's what she predicted, but you came in a whole ticks after that. Yeah. I, and uh, my gosh, I was winded afterwards. And, but I think I was wearing like, like Doc Martens or something. Yeah, not anything. Yeah, you weren't in your, you know, super tights and tennis shoes. And yeah, I I wasn't aerodynamic with what I was wearing. You know, I had to run it in college uh, and I ran a a four, four, five was my fastest time. And that's pretty, that's pretty. I was pretty happy. Yeah, well, I've always I ran track and inside. I've I've always been not good at distance. I've always been a sprinter. So I ran. I couldn't do it now. Uh, I couldn't run a four, four, five now, but I was in college. I was playing lacrosse and so I was still in pretty good shape. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if we could raise a thousand dollars in the live chat, Dave and I will run the 40 and Jeff will too. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. I'd definitely run a 40 again. Yeah. And we could, we'll record it again. It'll be the dash heard around the world. One of us may die, and I probably raise that candidate. We have to raise a thousand dollars. If we get a thousand dollars on the live chat, <laughs> is that fair? No, no, it's not fair. All right. Oh, John Walter said McCullers didn't have to run. He had a he had a camera. <laughs> he had pictures. That's all you need to know. He had pictures. <laughs> all these execs. <laughs> I saw what you did at the hotel bar there, Omar Khan. 
<laughs> is your favorite event the 40 yard? If you're going to watch or air, you're intrigued by a score. Is it the 40 yard dash at the comedy? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, because everything else is just, it's, it's not real to me. Yeah. It's, I, I think that you find out a whole lot more in tape in real game situations. I don't think really the combine for me is, and we talk about this on uh, tomorrow's here we go Steeler show. And we talk about a guy like Mike Mamola who did so well at the combine. And he ended up being ninth overall to the Philadelphia Eagles in 1995. And you know, being from the Philly area, a Jersey guy with a lot of Eagles fans, you know, KT was saying, man, there's people you bring up Mike Mamola and they go crazy because that was that was not a very good pick for them. He didn't pan out, but he was a workout warrior that that got his stock lifted by that. And you're gonna see a lot of guys get their stock lifted. Gosh, Dre Archer got his stock lifted, went to the Steelers because he was so fast, ran one of the fastest times of all time, but it meant nothing because he couldn't yeah. do anything with it. So. I want to now. Dree put up some good tape his last year at Kent State too, so I'm not going to discount that. All I'm going to say is, man, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to your straight line speed with no pads, and if you're an athlete, you could you could run that forty real well, and you're going to move up. But you can, and I use this during the draft a lot. You could be fool's gold when you do that, so beware. Our very favorite Felicia says the 40 yard dash time for one Casey Hampton was 5.25 seconds back in, I guess that's 2001, right? That's when he was drafted. Yeah. They traded back. They traded back to get him. Yeah. And, and I can't remember who, uh, who went before him because we know, I think it was around 16 and they went back to 20 or something like that. Just like yeah. they did with Emmett Smith and, uh, and Eric Green back in 1990 when they traded back, and that's the most infamous trade back. But this was a good trade back for them. They knew who yeah. they wanted, and they knew that they could steal them. Okay, so one aspect of the combine that's worth talking about, and that's the kind of the title and headline of this podcast, is trying to make sense of these interviews. So the the, the physical testing and the measurements are just one aspect of the NFL scouting combine. You have the whole media side of things where players and coaches and front office execs are peppered with the, by the media with questions. Uh, and then you have these formal and sometimes informal meetings with prospective players at the combine. And some of them get reported and some don't. It's worth saying that a lot of these meetings do not get reported. It's up to the player to say, if they're asked, Yes, I met with the Steelers. We had a formal meeting with the coaching staff. Or, yeah, I met with Coach Tomlin. He's a great guy. I love his energy. If There's players uh, Thursday that said, I met with a bunch of teams, not saying individual teams. So then no one knows. Because if they don't tell you, no one knows. It's not like the Steelers put out a list saying, here's who we met with today. Um, but when you think about these interviews, Brian, how much stock do you actually put into them? I'm going to put more stock in who has dinner reservations with Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert and Omar and Brandon Hunt. That's what I want to find out a little bit more. I remember a couple of years ago uh, when they were looking at the possibility of, and I'm glad it didn't happen, but they took Darius Geis out to dinner. And 
Gosh. and that ended up being it. But there was some, there was some thought that he might go in the first round of the Steelers. Yeah. And that did not happen, but you know, there's, so there's players that if you get the dinner reservation, that's a big deal. Interviews, you know, you have an opportunity to sit down with a lot of guys because you can only bring a few, there's a cap on guys you could bring to the facility if I'm not mistaken. So those invites to come to the facility are a whole lot different. Now, if you have a pro day, think about this at the pro day, they're the bell of the ball there. So you're not going to get dinner and you might not get much interview time because you have 31 other teams there with you at their pro day. So this is a good idea to find out a lot about these guys. Now, Dave will tell you, I, I wish, I wish Dave was here just for this reason, because he will, he probably knows the percentages of guys that they've talked to and actually drafted. It is one of those things that they do a lot. They, uh, it seems like they've had conversations with guys that they've drafted beforehand, um, either inviting or taking out to dinner or in these, uh, in these personal interviews and these interviews, they, they ask you to do different things. One of the quarterbacks, and I can't remember, I think it was Sam Howell. Yep. Was it was asked by another team, Philadelphia, Philadelphia to to shoot hoops. Yes. So they, they they're looking for different things. Other teams have been asked have asked. I think Cincinnati got in trouble for this a couple of years back, asking inappropriate um, mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. And so, but they want they want to know how you answer. They want to see you. I think for the players and for, I think Mike Tomlin puts such a great impression on these players that Mike sometimes is thinking four or five years down the road when, when he is interviewing these players, because when he sees these players in the combine or at the all-star games, then when it comes to free agency, they remember that they love that interview that they had with them. Gosh, Malik Willis a couple of weeks ago at the Senior Bowl wanted to introduce his parents to Mike Tomlin. So that's these interviews, they do a lot of things, but I think they're important. But it's also kind of like to see how many you can get. It's like a scavenger hunt, too, because you get a better read on how many people you look at. You know, the more yeah. people better chance and they meet with a lot of they meet with a lot of prospective players um i i do think that fans should pay attention to these and at the end when all said and done you have to connect the dots did they meet with them at the senior bowl did they meet with them at the combine did they go to their pro day and who was at the pro day did the brass was the brass there if kevin colbert and or and mike tomlin are there that means something at the pro day, did they take you out to dinner? Now, whether they're allowing that, I don't know. If it, if, excuse me, if they did, then you put a gold star next to that. That's really important, like you said. Then we assume with the COVID protocols being lifted that those pre-draft visit that, visits that you mentioned, which I, if I recall, it's been since 2019, they are allowed 30. That could have changed. I'll have to double check. It used to be 30 total. If they have checked all those boxes, 
yeah, the Steelers are extremely interested in that prospective player. So uh, I remember when they took TJ Watt out to dinner and there were people that said, ah, he's undersized. He's not going to be an NFL edge rusher. He's not a first round pick. Don't waste your time. He has These small are hands. <laughs> small hands. Yeah. And defensive player of the year. So it it's something I think that personally, these interviews, it is worth checking behind the steel curtain.com. Your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers and seeing who have they met with checking our pre-draft visit tracker, which has all the names that we have so far at the senior bowl at the combine. I add to it every day. And then we will see pre-draft visits pro bowl, where they go. All that stuff will be right. It is worth keeping tabs on, but at the same time, it's not the be all end all shouldn't be treated as gospel. Um, and, and you know what? I, I look at BTSC for that reason, because I don't have, I'm investing my time in other things with the site. So that's why I'm not watching it. So I can go ahead and look at that. The bottom line to the combine is it's a job fair. And that's exactly what it is. Remember, you're a senior in college. You go to these job fairs to see there's people that are looking for good. If it's an aerospace company, they're looking for Joshua Dobbs. You know, I mean, they're they're looking for those kind of people that fit their company. I always think of one of my favorite movies, Goodwill Hunting, when the recruiters are there talking to uh, it was Ben Affleck instead of instead of uh, Matt Damon. And he was there as his proxy and they were recruiting him and ready to throw all this money at him because he was a genius. You know, that's what this is all about. The other thing about the combine, there's one interview that, that uh, strikes me. And I think it's, I, I want to call it not. I want to be careful when I say this, because I mean no disrespect to the player, but it's a courtesy interview by interviewing Connor Hayward because they have plenty of access to Connor Hayward because his brother is a legend with the team. But the great thing about having that interview, that boosts his stock with 31 other teams because they're looking at this fullback. And that goes a long way for him, and that also goes a, a long way for the team because if something happens that he doesn't get drafted, the courtesy that they showed him here means that he's going to say, yeah, I'm coming as an undrafted free agent here. If he does not get drafted, you know, fullbacks, you know, that's sixth or seventh round a lot of the time. Um, but they're, they're doing him a favor, but he's also getting a chance to now be interviewed by other teams to keep up with the Joneses. And then at that point, he has a chance to impress and get drafted. Yeah. And, and some of the stories out of the combine are always great. I always love hearing the stories, whether it's the, the Philadelphia Eagles made me shoot a basket, a mini basketball into a hoop and take five shots. And he made Sam Howe made two out of five. Um, that's always interesting. But then there's the stories of players that aren't invited that find their way there. I remember hearing a couple years ago, there was a long snapper who got into the stadium, went into every single bathroom and left his card and a, at the time, a DVD of his game film and a piece of paper that had his like playing resume saying, if you need a long snapper, you need to help, like bring me into camp, like bring me, give me a shot. And I want to say he actually did get a shot in camp. I don't think he made the team, but I do think that that person, I can't remember his name, obviously, but th there's weird stories like that. And no, the guy's name was not Colin Holba, 
which is legendary. And so we don't have to, he wouldn't have to do that. He was picked in the sixth round. Come on, get out of here. So, all right. Uh, combine. Uh, yeah, I can take it or leave it. You know, I, that, that's where I am at this stage in the game. The NFL is pumping this up big time, but it is what it is, right? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's something to get excited for when there's not a lot of news. And if you enjoy if you enjoy the draft process, like we talked about guys like Andrew and Maddie and, uh, and Jeremy and Shannon who are living for this right now, I think this is, this is their holiday. Just like stuff like this is my holiday. I mean, the draft, all the pre-draft stuff on draft weekend, that's all I want to do. And it's taken a hit the last couple of years. And the reason it's taken a hit is because we're doing stuff for the site now. So I actually watch the draft differently now because I'm thinking of how I'm going to present it with BTSC than how I'm going to just enjoy it as a fan. Exactly. And we're going to do something for the next 10 or so minutes that we normally don't do. We normally don't have time for it, but we do today. And that's, we're just going to answer some questions. So if you're watching live, whether it's on YouTube, which you can find us on YouTube at BTSC Steelers radio or live on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook just by searching behind the steel curtain we have over 100,000 followers on that platform. If you have a question, go ahead and throw it in the uh, live chat, and we will answer as many as we can. Brian, do you have trivia, just so I know? Yeah, I, I can. You I have a card. You have I have my box right. right here. All right, so let's get here some Facebook. Marvin Hamilton asks, here we go, will the Steelers move up and get a quarterback this year in the draft? What do you think, Brian? There's a lot of mock drafts that are saying that they are moving up. They're saying they're moving up with the jets to get him around number 10. I say, no, I, I think the team wants to keep their draft capital and I don't think they want to uh, risk anything by giving it away. They have a special plan at quarterback. We just don't know what it is. And that question might be answered in the next couple of weeks. If they make a trade, for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do or what I hope they do. If they do that, or if they sign a guy like Mitch Trubisky, then that means they have their number one guy. And this guy's probably not on the table. And then you look at the possibility if they have their number one pick through a trade or free agency there, excuse me, if they have their number one guy, then they're going to turn around and possibly at best at number two, get a guy. I agree. I, I don't think they're going to trade up. Uh, they might draft a quarterback, but I don't think they trade up, which leads to Steel Dog 88 on YouTube says if the Steelers do draft a quarterback, which round and who? What do you think, Brian? If they do draft a quarterback, I really, I'm looking at uh, two possibilities. I'm looking at Malik Willis right now at number 20. If he falls, and there's a lot of people that are going to say no way that that's going to happen. But I would think that they would get him at number 20 if that's the guy that they want. Or I see Sam Howell in the second round. And that's really all I see right now. I don't think they take one in the first. I don't think Willis is going to be there. I don't think Pickett's going to be there. Those would be the only two I would deem to be first round. If they have to go day two, I'd love for them to get Desmond Ritter. If that's the route they want to go, I think he's someone that could turn into a decent player. Uh, he's going to need some time, but they could do that if they wanted. Um, I'm not crazy about how, so I hope they don't do that. 
Uh, Brian Brown asks, should the steel, shouldn't the Steelers take the best player available at whatever position they need? It doesn't have to be a quarterback. So this is the old BPA best player available versus positional need. What do you think, Brian? Yes. I, uh, I, well, actually, no, they should take, they should not take a guy just cause he's a quarterback because they have a need for a quarterback. They shouldn't take a corner just cause they need a corner. That's the Artie Burns 2016 syndrome that that we're talking about forever don't do that take the best player available that fits you now if the best player available is an edge rusher right now but you still need help on the offensive line and you have a chance to get a stud offensive lineman you've got to take that stud offensive lineman even if george carlaftis is still there you know even if If you have an opportunity to get a gr- who you think is going to be the next great offensive lineman, you have to take him there. Yeah, I, I think this is the Steelers have so many team needs. It's it's pretty much open. I think it's wide open. Um, let's go with uh, it's here. Cornell Banks says, "Who is your guy's favorite prospect right now?" One of my absolute favorites, Jeff and Cornell, would be Ahmed Sauce Gardner, the corner. Love this guy. And I also love Jordan Davis, the uh, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. My gosh, he is a man. He is a load. He could be your next big snack, Casey Hampton, in a way. Yeah, I, I can't really pinpoint one. I, I just started doing prospect breakdowns. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum is one I just did for the website Thursday. Uh, he's impressive as a center for Iowa. For the quarterbacks, Malik Willis is definitely someone that just he just grabs your attention. Um, he's just that type of player. So that's where I'll go. Mitchell uh, Monaco, I think, says, do you, do you think Aaron Rodgers has any chance to be a Steeler? Absolutely none. I agree 100%. Sorry, Mitchell, but that's just a simple answer there for you. All right. Um, George asks, why are so many people not wanting us to get a quarterback? I just don't get it. Joe Cool had a bad... Um, O-line, there it is, and almost won the big game. You have money and capital, use it. What do you think, Brian? We just talked about getting the best player available and not settling. This is not possibly the best draft for a quarterback. And you might not have, my gosh, the top two guys look to be Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. And if they're not there, don't take a guy just because he has a QB in front of his name because that means you're settling. A guy that's picked number one and a guy that's picked at number 20 as an offensive lineman, there is not much of a chasm. There's not much of a difference. There's not much of a difference in a lot of positions. You saw running back. The first running back went last year where the Steelers picked him. And that was Najee Harris. And he's going to be a great running back in this league. But none went before him. So you can wait on other players. You can't wait on a quarterback. Go back to 2004, where you had at number one, Eli Manning. At number four, Philip Rivers. And at number 11, Ben Roethlisberger. Then go down to number 24, and it's Buffalo Bills and J.P. Lozman. There's a huge difference between that guy. And I think there's a difference between that guy at number 20. And with the fact that you have draft capital and you don't have a whole heck of a lot of it, 
because of some other trades that you made and other deals that you made to try to help this team. You can't afford to give up a second, a third round pick and other picks, even just to trade up. So when you pick a quarterback, you can't afford to waste it. I like some guys in free agency. They're not sexy names. When I say the word Mitch Trubisky, a lot of people, a lot of people moan and sigh. But I, I tell you, I will be cheering if they sign him to a free agent contract. Yeah, I agree 100%. Tom Vallejo says, Bob Labriola says, Lewis Riddick was not a good fit for the GM job of the Steelers. Said he wouldn't get the job. What do you all think, Brian? Uh, this is very highly debated on our Slack channel. Um, are you a Lewis Riddick fan? I'm a Lewis Riddick fan as a Pitt Panther and as a broadcaster. Mike Mayock was a draft pick of the Steelers back in 1980. And he was a very good broadcaster, a very good uh, draft Nick. But guess what? He was a terrible general manager. And I'm not so sure if I want to take a guy from the broadcast booth and put him in one of the most important positions on my team. A lot of people like him because he's a celebrity. I don't know. Um, he has not been working in this capacity as a general manager, he's just been commenting on what other general managers do, possibly. And I would rather have somebody that's lived the job. Yeah, I mean, Lewis Riddick was a direct. I think he was a he was in the personnel department before he went to ESPN. So he does have some experience. I'm just honestly, I trust the Steelers at this point. They've interviewed so many candidates. Whoever they choose, I think, is going to be a good pick. Reginald Rivers asked, when will the Steelers sign their own players? Technically, Reginald, they could sign them now if they wanted. But you have to think about it from a player's perspective. So let's look at Terrell Edmonds as an example. He could, the Steelers could have gone to his agent and said, hey, we want to keep Terrell in the, in the organization. We're willing to offer him three years, X number of dollars. Numbers don't matter here in this in this situation. And he could say, yeah, that's a good offer. We, we're, we like to know where you all stand. We're going to test free agency. Why wouldn't you? You want to maximize yourself. You want to try to get the best deal possible for you. That it's that the players would have to want to sign. Now you could have a player. Look at Ray Ray McLeod. Maybe Ray Ray McLeod says, "Hey, they're like Ray Ray. We'll give you two years, uh, eight million, four million guaranteed each year. Four million each year. Stay, be a return guy. You can maybe be a slot receiver every now and then." And he might say, "Yeah." I don't want to go anywhere else. I'll stay. I'll sign the contract. But again, he might say, no, I'm, I really want to see what happens out there. And that's fine. You have to understand that. All right. Uh, Dirty red, record. Jeff. Yeah. Dirty red. That contract he signed was crazy. Yeah, it was a good deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can get some others here. Uh, Mitchell asked a uh, next one. He said, who's your favorite free. In terms of free agent quarterback, who's your favorite free agent quarterback? Trubisky um, right now, last week it was Mariota and Mariota is a close second right now. A guy that could be a free agent. I would not say he's my, my favorite, but I think he's going to be a free agent. It's going to be Carson Wentz, but right now I'm on the Mitch Trubisky train and that's this week. Yeah. I mean, Trubisky fits the scheme and I, I definitely still think Mariota does the best. Uh, I think it's going to come down to price though. I think it comes down to price for me personally well trubisky made two and a half last year and uh, and mariota made three and a half yeah and but but are they going to expect more i guess they're going know? to expect more of course they are but you can't I, the Steelers cannot break the bank that's the thing 
they cannot break the bank in any way, shape, or form. So, all right, you see you had trivia, right? Yeah, I do. And I am going to pull it out right now. This is going to be awful without Dave, just so you know. (laughs) Actually, no, I I think you're going to get it on the second one. Uh, This is actually an easy one. Born in Tuscaloosa and attended Alabama A&M. Huh. No, got the next one. 14-year career spent entirely with the Steelers. Is it, is it Mel Blunt? No. No. Okay. I believe Mel went to Southern University. Caught a 75-yard touchdown pass from Terry Bradshaw in Pittsburgh's Super Bowl. Oh, John, John Stallworth. Yes. John Stallworth. There you go. My I gosh. That. that first half in Super Bowl thirteen was absolutely amazing. He had close to 100 yards on three catches. And he didn't play. He got hurt and didn't play in the second half. Did you know as a kid he had some type of issue where he was actually paralyzed for a short period of time? Did not know that. No. Yeah, it's in that book, uh, uh, Their Life's Work, which I still, Gary Prominence is, I think I gave you the book. I think yeah, I destroyed. I, I, no, I, I have it. <laughs> I, got, I got a replacement copy. Oh. <laughs> I bought one because I was. I said, I'm going to give it back to you. Well, we had a flood in the in the. No, 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 no. I said it got destroyed. I didn't mean like you just destroyed it. Yeah. I meant, I meant yeah, an act of God. We'll put it that way. Um, but he, it talks about when he was a kid, like he couldn't go outside and play. It was killing him. And it's it just a crazy story. I don't know if it was an actual paralysis, but he, for whatever reason, he couldn't go outside. I don't know if you've heard that or not. You know what? I think I did now. And it's been 20 years because it was 2002 when he got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I was at the induction. So I remember really? that speech well. In fact, I made the screen and I made ESPN uh, during his induction because I was just I was wearing a gray T-shirt that just said Pittsburgh Steelers. I had one of those hard hats with a Steeler emblem, the Steelworkers hat, and I had eye black on. And when he said, we'd like to thank the fans of Western Pennsylvania, and I stood up and I just did a clap, and they were right on me for about five (laughs) seconds. I can't find that on YouTube anywhere, because when they show, they don't show really the crowd when they show it, but I had all these people say, hey, you were on ESPN, and I I never saw it. I could just see me up on the big board when when we were there. Did you say you had eye black on? Oh, yeah. I, I used to wear eye black. When I ran that 40, I was wearing eye black. It was just shoe polish. But I mean, I would always do eye black. And then I would do the uh, before Cam Hayward did it when he would you know, go all the way down. I would do that for a little bit uh, like the ultimate warrior with with. Uh, yeah, I, I I loved I loved doing eye black at the games. <laughs> would you come out and shake the ropes? oh man bringing back some memories of my childhood all right um we'll want you to do some final thoughts here brian you know what whether you're into the combine or you're not into the combine this is a very special week because like we talked about earlier it is a job fair and these players get a chance to be interviewed to find their next job And that's really cool because some of them will not even get a chance to be an undrafted free agent and go to camp. 
So there's a lot riding on it for a lot of these players. And there's a lot riding on it for a lot of these teams, especially the Steelers. They have to get this draft right. This has to, to have a very good 2022. They have to do this entire offseason completely 100% correct. So what I'm hoping they do is they do their due diligence right now. You know they're doing it. I hope Mike Tomlin is the best casino greeter you've ever seen. And because to me, this is his living room if he was a college coach. This is your chance to sit down, meet the players. In Malik Willis's case, meet the parents a couple of weeks back. And you could really put your team together right. And so this is a very pivotal year for the Steelers. This is the difference between a reload and a rebuild. I think it's going to be a reload. But if they do it wrong, you're starting a rebuild next year. My final thoughts uh, without Dave here is this is more than just a quarterback. Keep that in mind. Uh, the Steelers need to fill out a roster. And when I say fill out a roster, I'm not talking about they need to add depth players. They need to add some spark. This is going to be the Steelers. You talk about reload. That that has to be, think about 2003 Steelers when 6-10, and 10, it looked dismal. All they needed was a quarterback, and they got that quarterback in 04. I'm not suggesting they're going to be 6-11 and 11 this year, but I think that this could be a year where they could really build up that roster and then see what they need. And then in 2023, they could be really competitive. We shall see. It's going to be a great offseason. So um, Dave's not here to send us out. I'm not going to ask Brian to do it. We can. I tell you he, what, I'm going to do my my new one that if you haven't heard on my uh, on my podcast the last three weeks, if you don't mind, I'll take it. I'll take it out. Casey Kasem style. Sure. Go ahead. All right, Jeff. Live chat. BTSC Nation. We've got three things we need you to do. One, it's be safe. Two, be true to yourself. And three, always be behind the steel curtain. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. All right, we'll see you next week on another Steelers preview. Take it easy. That was good.